0: Almighty God, continue to give you praise for your presence with us. And Lord, as I stand before my brothers, I pray that you take me out of self. Allow your Holy Spirit to minister in you and through me, O oh God, to grant us all ears to hear, hearts to receive, and spirit to respond. And when it's all said and done, may be glorified in us and through us in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. And the people of God say together, Amen, Amen, and Amen. The Lord is my life and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is stronghold of my life. In whom shall I be afraid? Those are the words of King David in his time of distress, in his time of persecution, in his time of dealing with tribulations in his world. He was anointed to be God's king over Israel. And yet, he had faith, tribulation, persecution. He was running for his life at one time. He ended up in the wilderness, but yet found that his faith could bolster him, could hold him in those difficult times by affirming faith in God and crying out to God. What are you fearful about in this time in your life? When we think about the world in which we live and when we hear about the senseless killing of people in mosques and in synagogues and in churches and in places of employment and on the street. can't help but feel a sense in your heart that things are not right, that there is a sense of fear that threatens to overwhelm us. When we think about our children and we think about the world in which we live and think about our church, and when we think about the fact that there's so much conflict and chaos going on, can make the heart fearful at times. And yet, we as Christians in this day and time, we have God with us. We have the word of God. And we are invited you know, to go to the word of God when we are dealing in with fear within us and fear outside of us and to hear the word of God for ourselves and then to embrace the word of God, embrace the promises that God has given us in his word, knowing that God is faithful to his covenant. God is faithful to his word. God is faithful to God's people who trust Him by faith. In our Genesis reading today, we hear about Abram. Before he was, his name was changed to Abraham. You have to read a couple more chapters, and you get to chapter seven, and you hear how God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, making him the father of many nations. But in Abraham's journey with God, God called him to leave you know, his family, to leave what was familiar and, and to go to this foreign land in Canaan. God didn't give him a whole lot of details, but God called him in the beginning of his faith. And Abraham, Abraham heard God's word. And Abraham decided to obey God's word. And yet we come to, you know, to, to chapter 15 and we hear God is doing a work building his faith, strengthening his faith. We hear twice in those verses that the, the word of the Lord came to Abram. The word came to him and it's interesting that here is a man who is journeying on his faith. And God said to him, through the word, do not be off Why was he afraid? He said to God, in my heart, and I'm paraphrasing some of this, he says, God, you know, who is going to take care of my legacy? I don't have an heir. You know, all I have is this servant, this faithful servant who has been in my household, and and I don't have a child of my own. And this person, when I die, because I don't have a child of my own, will be my ear. He was afraid in his heart about that. But I think we have to look a little bit deeper to understand what is the depth of his fear. And I think that has something to do with God and how God makes promises. And sometimes when we believe and trust God for something and we don't see it happen, in our time, or it doesn't come the way we expect them to come through, we think God is not going to fulfill His promise. And to know Abram's fear, you have to go all the way back to his calling, in chapter 11, and in chapter 12. In chapter 12, God promised Abram when He called him, He says, "I will bless you." He says, "I will make your name great." I will make a great nation out of you. He says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. He says, and all, underscore, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because of you. So naturally, Abram heard God's promise. And, and Abram believed that God, at the time that God would do this, He was 75 years of age at that time when he heard the promise. But here he is in chapter 15 and it's 10 years later and he does not have a child of his own. He's concerned that he's getting older. He's concerned that there's no legacy to pass on to a child from his body. He didn't say all of those things to God, but God who is omnipotent God who knows our thoughts from afar. God who knows our hearts. God was able to address that with him, telling him, do not be afraid. Even when Abraham went the next step and said, well, who will be my heir? The only heir I have is this servant in my household. The word of the Lord came to him again and said, no, this heir will not be the one who you think I'm going to use to bless all of the nations of the earth. He said that God said to him, you will have an heir from your body. And can you imagine at 85 years of age, you're kind of thinking that you're on the other side, almost to the other side of glory. And God is telling you, I am going to do something great in you. I'm going to allow you to have a child. And we know the story, the rest of the story, because God established or he reestablished His covenant with, with Abram. And God used all of these, you know, told him what to do to get all of these sacrificial animals. Song's weird. Aren't we glad we don't have to go through getting, you know, all of those animals in order for us to come before God and sacrifice before God? But God told him what to do. And Abram was faithful in getting all those animals and preparing the ritual sacrifices. And the word of the Lord said that God's presence was there. God reestablished this covenant with Abram. And how did he reestablish it for those animals? You know, we don't hear it word for word, but we hear that God's presence, God manifested God's self in this pot, this fiery pot sounds strange to us. God will do those strange things, but those are just, you know, symbolisms of how God's presence will be in the midst of our dark times and our situation and help us and guide us through those times. So you said that's Old Testament. How do we deal with our current fears today? For we are not people under the law, we are people under grace. How we deal with that is that we look to Jesus. You know, the new covenant that God established with all of the nations because Jesus fulfilled all of the Old Testament covenant. And in our text today in Luke 13, we hear Jesus, you know, interacting with some of the Pharisees who came to say, look, you need to get out of this place because the king of the land, Herod, He's gunning for you, in other words. He wants to kill you. And and of naturally, if you were to hear something like that, it would generate fear in your heart. But Jesus didn't give in to that fear. Jesus mm, you go tell that fuck. You know, this is what I am going to do. I am going to be here day one. I'm going to be here day two. I'm going to be here day three until I have completed the work that I need to do for my father who is in heaven. Hmm? How do we stand when fear is threatening in our hearts and and things around us in our world, in our personal lives? They are threatening to overwhelm us. Do we allow fear to rule? Or do we allow faith in God and the word of God? I will submit to you as Christians who are called in this relationship with God that we have to put our faith to, to the test. We have to stand with God. We have to hear the word of the Lord. We have to hear Jesus saying in John 16:33, 33, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I, Jesus, have overcome the world. We have to learn how to trust the word of God even when our I, our mind, the realities around us telling us different things, we have to stand on the word of God, we have to believe that even when things don't work out the way we want them to, or they're not seeming to come to pass, we have to trust with God that God says, I am with you and I will never leave and I will never forsake you. We have to trust God that says, I am your life and your salvation. You have nothing to happen hold on to my unchanging. You have to wait on me, like David said at the end of Psalm 27. I will wait on the Lord. I will be courageous. I will not give in to the fears that are threatening to overwhelm me. I will put my hand in my Lord and my Savior. And I trust that he will never let go of my head. So there is this story that is told about his grandfather and his grandson. The grandfather took his grandson on a walk deep into the woods. And as they're walking and they're talking and they're traveling deeper and deeper into the woods, the sun started to set. So the grandfather realized that it was time them to head back home. So he decided that he was going to use the situation, the environment where they were in as a teaching opportunity for the grandson. So he looked to the grandson and he said, son it's getting dark. It's time for us to head home. He said, grandson, he said do you know where the road is to get us out of this forest? The grandson said, no, sir. He said, do you have a sense of direction as to which way we should turn to start heading out of the forest? The grandson said, no, sir. He said, so what say you about our predicament? Because You don't know the way out. You don't have a sense of direction. The grandfather said, Well, son, we are lost. And the grandson looked at the grandfather, took his little hand, and he put his hand into the grandfather's hand. And he had a smile on his face. And he said to the grandfather, No, grandfather, we are not lost because I am here with you and you are here with me and I believe that you know the way out of the forest. This is what God is saying to us. He says, love, the world in which you live sometimes makes you feel like you're in this deep forest. Makes you feel like you don't know which way to turn, how to get out of the trials and tribulations that you're dealing with. He says, but I am holding your hand. I have given you my word. My word became flesh and dwelt among you. I have given you my son. He has given you all of my teaching and all of my expectations. He says, but you have to hold on to my hand and hold on to the word and you have to know and trust without a shadow of a doubt that I will lead you through this world that feels like a forest, feels like darkness is overwhelming because my word, my life is your salvation and you have nothing to fear. When you trust me, you will see that I will lead you to the path of life. Even though things sometimes can be painful. Even though sometimes it brings sorrow to your heart. Even though it is painful along the journey. We have to hear the word of the Lord in the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippians. This world is not your home. This is temporary. This ram in which we live is not the permanent ram that God has for us. And while God is with us, carrying us through the difficult seasons of life, we need to keep our focus upon the ram that God has already prepared for us. And upon the person who can lead us into that realm. And that person is Jesus Christ. This is why in this Lent season, I'm inviting us to go deeper with Christ. And to go deeper means that we need to spend time hearing the word of the Lord. We need to spend time in fellowship with each other. We need to spend time interceding on behalf of those who are feeling weak. And cannot utter a word of prayer unto God right now. We need to be able to serve those who are less fortunate. We need to be able to hear God's word and says we are to love God and we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. Have you heard the word of the Lord lately in your heart? word is always but it's up to us to engage it to allow it to go deeper within our spirit and to help us rise up in the time of darkness and to say to God I am not lost I am your child my life in your hand. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your Thank you, O oh God, that you take this word and put it deep within our souls, God, and help us to remember when the challenging moments come that this word truly is a lamp unto our and a light unto our path. May we continue to find greater strength in you, greater hope in you, greater faith in you, and greater love in you, so that the world may see you in us and through our lives. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving, and the people of God say together, Amen, Amen, and Amen.